Hello, Chris Honeywell here, and I'm just going to say right now that this episode of uh, The Media Masochist has probably some of the rudest, crudest, disgusting, obscene, horrifying shit I've ever laid eyes upon, and is definitely something that is not for children, and it's definitely not for even most adults, and yeah, it's just kind of the nature of the show, but there you go. You've been warned. I am the media masochist! And here I am, once again, taking one on the chin for the team. I'm going to tell you this. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And now, introducing your host, me, the guy who eats shit and tells you what it tastes like. Hello, everybody. Just wanted you to know that I had a really shitty day today, and I'm looking forward to a really shitty weekend uh, coming up. I uh, work at an Irish bar, and this weekend is the St. Patrick's Day fucking parade. So you can just imagine... uh, what I'm getting ready to go through. Anyway, this is the uh, second epi- episode of uh, Media Masochist, and uh, I got an email from a guy named Sean Engel, and it reminded me of two things that I had neglected to say last episode. Maybe I did say it, but I'll just reinforce it if I, if I already said it. No porn. You know, it's just... There's too much of it out there. It's too awful. You know, there's... I know you can find, you know, two girls, one cup style stuff. And yes, it will make me physically gag and stuff like that. But no, it's off the list. Sorry. But if it's any consolation, fan fiction or slash fiction is completely fair game. But let me tell you, after today's episode... You're going to be really hard-pressed to find anything that's uh, that's going to top some of this stuff. Um, so anyway, this guy Sean Engel gave me a, a link to this uh, website slash, I think it's you would call it a blog. And every Friday they have Fanfic Friday where they just, somebody pours through, you know, all of the fanfiction and picks out the worst of the worst and they post it up. So... Okay, that's bad enough. Well, he sent me the link to their worst of the worst. So it was their top ten worst fan fiction of all. And I think he picked three or four of them out as the challenge for me to read. And I did read all four of them. I I actually pretty much read all ten of these horrifying things. And, uh, well, let let me actually address that because... You know, the last time I was sort of beating my chest about how it takes, you know, a lot to really turn me off to something or or for me to actually give up. And these were a good try, but let me tell you, um, I was reading, you know, the the plays of Marquis de Sade when I was 10 years old. You know, my uh, father had this big, literally like a barrel, a wooden staved barrel full of books that he'd bought at an auction and I remember digging down at the bottom of it you know when I was sort of sneaking around in the attic and finding this big book and and, uh, sneaking it off and reading it 
And let me tell you, <laughs> that, you know, the thing about this fan fiction is, yes, it's horrifying. People are doing horrifying things to other people. But with the Marquis de Sade, it was the same thing, except it was really well written. So you want to talk about sticking with you and at 10 years old. So, you know, this stuff, I can, re- I can read it objectively. I can just sort of shut myself off. You know, if you read the comments underneath a lot of this stuff, and, and I, of course, being the quote-unquote nice guy that I am, will leave, leave you guys a link on the Lipson page to, to go see this for yourself and, and read all these stories at your leisure. But, you know, you read the comments under them, and it's like, I'll never be able to, you know, wipe this out of my head. I'll never be the same. I lost sleep tonight, and uh, why do I do this to myself? And that's a good question. Why do you do it to yourself? Why do I do it to myself? Because this stuff is fucking horrible. Horribly written. Um, just a horrifying sludge dredged from the id of some twisted, weird... I don't know if these people are generally nerds who are writing this, because at one point in one of the Star Wars stories, uh, Admiral Akbar is referred to as Catfish Guy. So that tells you about the intellectual level of what we're getting to. But when, when I say fan fiction or slash fiction, you know, people mostly think of their favorite characters getting together and having sex and usually it's horrific if you don't like the combination or you know you don't want to see two characters in some sort of but this this stuff usually ends with somebody killing the other person joyfully (laughs) with much relish and often oddly enough involves pooping so um i decided the two stories that i was gonna really tackle tonight were the number 10 story and the number 1 story and uh, the number 10 story is is just a no brainer to cover on it because it's Star Wars and it basically has all the Star Wars characters having sex and it starts out you don't know it's on the Millennium Falcon but I assume but as it goes on that this is on in the bathroom on the Millennium Falcon is, is uh, Luke is on the toilet reading a magazine and pooping and having a conversation with his sister who's showering and soaping up and you know where it's headed well let me just read a a little selection from this with suitable music and we'll get to that okay this is from star wars episode 8 a nude hope now um i'm gonna read this pretty much verbatim so any grammatical errors i'm taking right off the quote-unquote page and um this is this is uh, part of the scene of Luke and Leia in the Millennium Falcon bathroom. <clears throat> With that statement, Luke shrieked. He became so immensely worked up, he cleaned his colon clear of any remaining feces that were in it. His voice also cracked more noticeably than when he was thirteen, but in comparison to the loud flatulent he released cares. Leah heard, though, and giggled her adorable little girl laugh. It said tingles all up Luke's spine. Oh, you've always been the shy one in the family, Luke. Luke was not shy at all. 
He defeated the Emperor and blew up the Death Star for Christ's sakes, and now he suddenly found himself speechless. Was he going to see his sister naked? Little did he know, that was merely a sprinkle on the banana split that was to come. Yeah, and that's just just the beginning. Um, so they're having sex, and of course Chewbacca is, uh, appears out of the closet and um, begins to have sex with Luke and Leia. Meanwhile, you know, in the in the cockpit, Han Solo is you know toying with a ring that he's just bought and, and thinking about proposing to his darling darling Leia. So. <laughs> Let me find another uh, choice little segment here to read from this before we move on to the next one. Should I? What would I say? What if she doesn't like it? God, jeez! His reflection stared back at him there, in the shiny gold ring and its big diamond. Now, I'm just gonna say right now, it sounded like I had a weird little pause there. That's because there's a, um, comma just sort of randomly inserted there. So those awkward pauses are just poorly inserted commas. Anyway, going on. He thought about how beautiful it would look wrapped around her finger while she stood in a flowing white gown with a bouquet of roses in her arms. They would take each other's hands in matrimony with vows that each had written as their feet would dig into the sand of a beautiful beach. Han began to breathe heavily and reflect. God, he loved her. Meanwhile, in the back bedroom... Leia rode Luke's man-meat like a pogo stick. Fuck me, brother. Deeper, brother. Deeper, goddammit. Oh, God, I'm going to hell, Luke screamed. Luke still had his shirt on, and Leah was dripping soapy water all over the bed. Her perky breasts jumped around on her chest like happy children on a moon bounce. Up and down all over. Luke liked it. They were big, beautiful boobies that ached to be sucked on. He especially liked that from this angle. He could not see the awkward birthmark on her ass cheek. Whew, good thing. Luke wanted a strong, hard wiener for his sister. Alright, skipping ahead now. She got down on all fours and took Chewie's penis into her mouth, stroking it and spitting on it, even biting it. Chewie didn't mind, though. Him and Leah both seemed to like it raw and hard. They should have started doing this months ago. Luke was doing her in the behind crying because there was poop in there, but also happy because its tightening sensation felt wonderful on his meat. Han, though, sat in the front of the ship, rocking back and forth and singing his deaf leopard to himself when the galaxy pasta started to get to him, too. A large rumble in his tummy came over him. Ah, oh, God, the kid was right, Han said, laughing to himself. That galaxy pasta sure flies through you. Han got out of his and walked to the back room, holding his stomach the entire way. Oh god, this one's gonna be huge. He limped his way to the back room, stomach full of feces, ready to burst out his hairy manhole. Alright. We'll cut to, uh, <laughs> when Han walks in on, uh, this whole, uh, this whole scene. God, kid, get the fuck off her! Oh shit, Han's here, Luke said, completely unaware of anything going on in the room outside of Leah's tight butthole. He pulled out his wiener, quick. His hard erection stuck straight out, covered in poop and staring Han right in the face. It, uh, I, uh... Well, here's the thing, Han, Luke said, trying to make himself sound dignified, even with an erection covered in poop. 
There is no thing, kid. What the fuck is going on? Look, Han, it's got nothing to do with you, I swear, Leah said, wiping the cum off her pretty face. It's got everything to do with me, Han said, turning silently and slowly, walking back to the cockpit and leaving a trail of runny poop behind him. He went back to the pilot seat of the Millennium Falcon. The backside of his pants made a squishy noise as he sat down. The poop had mushed around in his jean shorts. He reached into his pocket again and pulled out the engagement ring he was only hours away from giving to Leia. Tears in his eyes became heavy and started streaming down his face. He was sure it was meant to be. How could he look at her the same when he knew that precious face he had come to love had been jizzed on by his Wookiee co-pilot? And then the question rose. How could he live with himself? He couldn't, he decided. He absolutely couldn't. No amount of space therapy could help him regain his mental stability. Even the renowned doctors of Gelganorn sector could not help him. He cried into the engagement ring before him and smelled the feces that filled his pants. Oh God, I even shit myself. Han pulled his blaster from his leg holder. He put the cold barrel of it in his mouth and cried even harder than before. Fuck you, world! Han screamed with a mouthful of laser blaster and pulled the trigger. His brains flew out of his head and splattered all over the wall directly behind him. Blood and mucus were all over the cockpit, and ooey, gooey green stuff clogged electronics on the dashboard. Well, there's that. Suddenly, Catfish Guy leaped from the linen closet in the cockpit where he was hiding for some reason. It's a trap! P.L.'d. And uh, then this character, Dash Randor, uh, shows up. <laughs> and, um, well, here we go. Here's the last couple paragraphs of the story. Dash fired a sharp and hot laser at Luke and Leia. Die, honkies! Their heads exploded in a horrific collaboration of blood and brains. Dash stood back, staring for a moment at the pool of feces surrounding Han and the canyon in his face. The blood from Luke's missing penis and his own poop all over Leah's naked body in a pile of her brains. To his right, near the co-pilot chair, lay the smoky remains of C-3PO. Dash took out his crucifix and knelt down. Bless you, C-3PO. You are a good soul. Dash put his space gear and floated back to the ship, where Lebo, his robotic sidekick, sat in the cockpit, stroking his mechanical wiener. Lebo! Oh, sorry, sir. It was just getting so steamy in here when I was watching you three go at it. All right, then. Depart from here, and I'll give you a rim job. Oh, sir, you are the greatest. Two floated off together, bidding farewell to the now deceased crew of the Millennium Falcon. Alright, that's number 10. And <laughs> the funny thing is, I'm not going to read you any of number one because number one is just so vilely horrifying that I'm going to let you discover it for yourself if you choose. <laughs> we'll just say this the number one story is takes place with. Pokemon characters and except for the main character who shares the name of the author which makes it even more disturbing because it is just the most violent horrifying thing even though really I don't know if you would qualify it as bestiality snuff porn it depends on what you qualify a Pokemon as, and I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, let's see. 
there was a Harry Potter one involving Draco Malfoy and his dad and uh, skull fucking. That was awesome. And a standout one. Very short one. These are all very short. So they don't take up a lot of your time, but they pack a lot of wallop for <laughs> the two pages that they are. But uh, a, a shorter one involved actually characters from a commercial, which maybe that's some sort of first. And it's uh, the character of the kid who gets yelled at by his mom for throwing away their extra minutes. And, uh, yeah. Now, one thing about this stuff that I was starting to think of as I read it and thought, why? And I'm thinking, are the writers, you know, getting off on this? Are they actually masturbating to this? Are there people out there who are saying, write this story because this, this gets me hot. Because I just don't see how this has the capacity to get anybody hot in any way and do anything other than just sort of be as horrifyingly transgressive and as offensive as it can be. So is it sort of like the Marquis de Sade? just by you know completely inept writers or is it sort of like one-upmanship like your mama jokes or uh the, the the aristocrats joke or something like that are these are these people writing these stories just to try to get maybe into these top 10 worst lists could it actually be the same people who are reading it writing these you know trying to <laughs> see if they can get theirs on you know it's it's hard to say Definitely the motivations behind these stories are questionable at best, or at least very interesting. <laughs> but um, I gotta tell you, it will take more than this to break me, although this is pretty bad, and I will say to people, you, the people who, who can read this and, and either laugh or just go, holy shit, that's fucked up, you know who you are. The, the people who are going to lose sleep over this, you know who you are, too. And I'm just going to say to you right now, stay away. Because <laughs> I read so I read definitely some of the tamer parts of, of these stories. I read the ones, actually, that, that had the most, quote-unquote, entertaining writing in them. Leaving, you know, the, the greatest moments of horrifying scatology, incest, and brutal murder... For you, the reader, to discover on your own. And that's episode two. Um, next time, um, I've definitely got another one lined up. Uh, I've had it lined up for a while. Um, my buddy Will Sanchez has challenged this one to me a long time ago. And I believe it's called Warriors of the Wasteland. And it's an Italian, horrifyingly bad 80s... Mad Max knockoff one of my favorite genres by the way and uh, this also has this movie has an interesting connection to Demanzacorp which is you know the sponsor company of Two True Freaks so uh, we'll be quote unquote looking forward to that next time on The Media Masochist until then uh, uh, go fuck yourself I don't know Happy St. Patrick's Day. There, that's positive, right? Happy St. Patrick's Day.
visit our website at two truefreaks.libsen.com where you can download all of our episodes and find our forum to openly and freely discuss topics from this and all other episodes with us and your fellow listeners. Two truefreaks.libsen.com is spelled T W O T R U E F R E A K S dot Libsen, which is L I B S Y N dot com. The Two True Freaks now have a phone line where you can call and leave a completely inappropriate message. Maybe we'll even use it on the show. That number is 1-585-COP-LURE. That's 1-585-267-5873. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this show, why not review us in iTunes? And if you didn't enjoy this show, why not review us in iTunes? Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com slash league. We are now also members of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check it out at www.comicspodcasts.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. Now go away, kid. You bother me.